Hey, y'all. Welcome to Latte and Laundry. I'm Suzanne Bilodeau, and I am so honored to be with you here as we navigate motherhood, wifehood, sisterhood, and everything in between. This is a podcast for my fellow imperfect people who want to grow in greater communion with our most perfect God. So join me and my friends as we laugh, cry, dive deep, and explore with one another as we journey towards stilling our souls while moving our world. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of Latte and Laundry. I am Suzanne, your host, your friend, your fellow sister in Christ, who is merely crawling her way imperfectly towards a greater communion with Christ. Um, And it's funny, it's getting quite brisk up here in Connecticut. And we had what was one of the warmer weekends in um, late October that I've seen in a really long time. We had a trunk or treat event just before Halloween where our kids were stripping off layers of their costume. Uh, it was 80 degrees. And in Connecticut, New England, in late October, that is very, very rare. And now here I am all bundled up because within only a matter of four days, we had freezing temperatures with frost on the ground, ready and waiting for the weather to completely turn and you can see it happening all around us all the leaves have almost fallen to the ground it's nearing the end of the beautiful fall foliage happened rather rapidly this year and it really just gets me thinking through so much of what we were talking about last week around um God is the true vine and allowing him just being open and ready to allow him to prune us. So I'm going to wrap up this two-part series today and I will open us up with our Bible verse before we dive in deeper, which is John 15, 4 through 5. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Okay, (laughs) you guys, this is so important. Because last week we talked about, you know, just these places in us that are dead or open and exposed to pests and things that could really hurt and rot and poison the soul, to be honest and frank. And just this like openness and this surrender to allowing God to come in and trim and prune and cut away these dead or vulnerable places so that we would grow greater and be able to produce more fruit. But it's really important that we have this episode today to talk about the fact that no matter all the pruning, trimming, and cutting down that is done to us, as branches, there will be no fruit if we aren't first abiding in Christ himself, in the vine, in the true vine, right? If we are simply being trimmed and cut away, but we are not abiding in him, then it's it's useless, right? And so I was interested in understanding and getting a better handle on what it means to abide. So I did what I often do and looked into the origin of the word, which actually is an old English word um, coming from the word abiden, which A, meaning wait, and Biden, meaning onwards. So it's this idea of waiting onwards. We are waiting onwards in Christ. And I think there's something really beautiful and powerful about this because it's not he's not asking us to grasp. He's not asking us to cling. He's asking us to wait 
in and with him moving forward. It's this idea of like being with him in all things, allowing him to make the movements as we continue to rest in him as his branch, completely dependent upon the most perfect vine, right? And one of the interesting things is this idea that one of the um, modern definitions of abide is to remain, to accept, willingly accept, to remain, kind of like the idea of waiting. And one of the things that's interesting is when Jesus tells us and he says that, right, that I am the true vine and abide in me and I in you. We cannot abide in him unless we are someone somewhere that we already are, right? We can only abide in a place where we are already. And Jesus tells us to abide because we have actually been grafted onto him, made possible by his crucifixion and affected effective through our baptism. So he has already given himself over to us. We have already been branches grafted onto this most perfect true vine. And so it's not like we need to go chase after him. It's not like we need to go find him. He is already there through the sacrament of baptism. We are already abiding in him, but we have to remain in this place. And this is where the gift of um, our church, the gift of our faith, the gift of our sacraments is so beautiful. And there's this great quote um, in, I don't know if any of you read uh, Divine Intimacy. It's like one of my all-time favorite purchases of a book I've ever made. And it's just got beautiful, beautiful reflections for the daily readings. And it says, one of the, there's this quote in it that says, Baptism is sufficient to graft us into Christ. And one degree of grace will permit us to abide in him like living branches. But we should not be content with this union only. We must show our gratitude for the immense gift we have received by endeavoring to become more and more firmly grafted into Christ. We must live this union with Christ, making him the center, the sun of our interior life. Abide in me is not a chance expression. Christ wished to show us that our life in him requires our personal collaboration with him, that we are to employ all our strength, all our mind, all our will, and all our heart, that we may live in him and by him. The more we try to abide in Christ, the deeper our little branch will grow into him, because it will be nourished more abundantly by the sap of grace. I just thought this was so beautiful and so profound and it's so true it's this idea that yes we've been given this gift right through baptism to be a child of god to be grafted onto christ himself to be a branch of the true living vine but if we turn away if we don't cooperate with the graces that god is bestowing upon us he can't act in those places like we are we will literally be rejecting the graces that he wants to put upon us and this my friends, is kind of something that is not a one and done. It's not kind of something. It is absolutely something that is not a one and done. I think a lot of times in the spiritual life, a lot of times on our faith journey, we meet, reach these milestones or we have these deep moments with our Lord or deep places of prayer or aha moments where our eyes are just open up and the things around us are illuminated in new ways that we hadn't seen them before. We can see things through a new lens that only Christ has given us. And we can find ourselves so easily distracted. 
as time goes on and life feels good and all is well, we don't mean, it's not a choice to turn away from God and not a conscious decision, but it's our, our, the ease, especially in this modern world, to not continue to turn our hearts intentionally back to him, that make ways for this us to become these more weak and fragile branches because we are not strongly abiding in Christ in the daily, in the weekly, in the monthly, in the yearly, in the moment by moments. Instead, it's these only these um, pivotal moments in our life or these aha moments in which our hearts are turned to Christ. But that is not what he is asking us to do in this Bible verse, my friends. When he is asking us to abide in him, it is like an all day everything kind of thing. And I feel like sometimes I wish somebody was in my head and they they could see sometimes how um, crazy I think I feel. But it's like the most beautiful consolation of knowing that he is there because I am constantly talking to Jesus in my heart, in my mind, throughout the day, you guys. Because honestly, this life is too hard to do it without his grace, without his mercies, without his goodness. And so I'm constantly in conversation, even just today as I found myself um, getting just like riled up inside about things. It was just, here we go again. All the kids are fighting. Nobody's listening to mom. And I just find myself like locked grasping hard and not in a graspy like um way where you're like oh stop being clingy but just like a no he is my everything kind of way internally having this dialogue with Jesus abiding in him in the moments that can feel so distracting and so pull me away from any kind of intimate prayer or peace and it's actually in all of that especially for all of us women that are living in this world and don't have the time and the space to pray for three or four hours a day, all day, in the front of the Blessed Sacrament. We are moving and shaking. We're running to soccer practices or karate practices or going, doing all the grocery shopping or paying the bills or teaching this lesson or disciplining these children. Our hearts and our minds are constantly going with what God has laid out in front of us. But what he's asking here when he says, abide in me, is he wants us to allow him to be with us in each and every one of those moments because my friends he is already there it's whether or not our hearts are turned to him in those moments to recognize him and like that beautiful quote said to actually cooperate with him there because I promise you my friends when I have those times where I can really have these inner dialogue with Jesus in the midst of sheer mayhem that I can feel his graces pour out upon me and instead of losing my temper or losing my cool I'm completely relaxed and I handle the situation where in one of those ways where you're like no God was totally involved here because if Suzanne was only involved here um the outcome surely wouldn't have looked so beautiful or so grace-filled right and I think it's so important too that we we focus in on that second part of the opening Bible verse that says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. And then it says, for without me, you can do nothing. Okay, we have to remember this, you guys. He says, without me, you can do nothing, right? And it's one of the one of the first Bible verses that we as a family, when I started homeschooling five years ago, ever started memorizing Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And here he reminds us, for you, without me, you can do 
nothing. You want to bear fruit in that marriage. You want to love your spouse well. You want to love your children well. You want to do well on your job or love your neighbor or just um, live your life glorifying him in the small and or the big ways. If you want to do well in these things, you have to remember to abide in him and invite him in into all these places. Nothing is too small for God. I think that's another mistake that so many of us make. I think growing up, you might have thought, okay, I'm going to pray to God when my grandma's really sick or when I'm really worried about this huge SAT exam I'm going to take. But Jesus wants to be in it with us about everything, with us in everything, in every decision that we make. And I don't mean that that means you need to stop and pause and pray and discern whether or not you have a ham sandwich or a roast beef sandwich for lunch. But he is with us and he wants us to abide in him through everything, inviting him into all areas of our life. Nothing too small and nothing too big. Our ass should be big and we should be asking him in the small. And I think this is such a good, important reminder for us that we literally can do nothing. Me speaking on this microphone, me clicking the buttons on my computer right now, cannot do without him. You clicking the play button or fast forwarding or rewinding or skipping, you cannot do without him. If we can't do those simple mundane tasks without him, we surely cannot love our children, love our spouses, love our friends and families without love himself. It is so critical that our hearts remember this. And it goes back to, again, just this idea of relationship with Christ is kind of the, the pinnacle of everything. Because you can read everything, every spiritual book under the sun. You can spend time listening to speakers or podcasters. You can do all these things to learn But my friends, if you don't abide in him, remain in him, journey with him, there's not much growth, if any at all, that you can do. Because quite frankly, guys, a branch standing on its own will not grow. Like we know this, right? Like you could take a branch off this beautiful tree and then you can just trim it and prune it and try to get it all more beautiful and ready to bear a lot of fruit but that branch will do nothing but what wither away and die bearing zero fruit and this you guys is the same truth for our own souls that if we completely remove ourselves from christ we will not grow we cannot grow on our own it is only christ in and through us that allows us to bear the fruit in our lives And what if this idea of abiding with him is super uncomfortable for you? What if walking alongside Jesus on the daily in moments by moments is something that seems foreign or uncomfortable? I think there's so many of us because of the wayward ways of our world. There are so many of us that have the experience of feeling as if we are orphans, orphans without a good father. Whether that's because of your own experience in your childhood of being broken and wounded or in your adult life where you just feel alone. Nobody sees me. Nobody knows me. Nobody um, cares for me in the way that my 
deepest heart's desire is. And part of that is because nobody will fill that gaping hole in our hearts that were destined for God himself. Only he can fully bless our hearts in the eternal way that our heavenly father can. However, some of us might struggle more than others if we have these big um, sense of being orphan children. And that's that idea again, where we see ourselves as a standalone branch. And yet Christ is saying, no, once you have been grafted into me, as we talked about with that quote about baptism, I am forever yours and I will be with you and in you and helping you grow and bear fruit, even when the tough times of life make it so that we often don't recall this, right? And there's this great quote um, by St. Bonaventure, just like speaking into how transformative it is when we stay in communion with Christ in throughout our days, throughout our months, throughout our years, when we stay in this communion, there's something basically unearthly that happens within our souls that allows us to see the world and experience the world different than if we had been these standalone branches, right? He's talking about when people commune with God, that the very sensation of life is transformed so that they no longer experience things the same, but that they are equipped, in quote, to see what is most beautiful, to hear what is most harmonious, to smell what is most fragrant, to taste what is most sweet, and to embrace what is most delightful. You guys, the way we experience the world wildly changes when we stay with Christ in it. And I know, I know many of my friends and listeners here could probably attest to the same thing. And I've talked about this a number of times in the podcast. And it seems so silly because I I feel like I can rest in this truth in my heart and my mind. And yet I get distracted and pulled and exhausted and weary and beaten down. And I don't remain steadfast in remembering this truth. But it's just so important for us that if you took two separate days that looked situationally identical in terms of what we experience from other people, But if in one, we are fully aware of Christ's presence and stay in closer communion with him and walk alongside him and invite him to be within our hearts and in our minds throughout the day in the sillies and the joys and in the uglies and the messy, the outcome of those two days and how we see and experience the world is wildly different. One can be completely depleting. Um, backbreaking and tear-filled and that the same exact stuff could happen and yet our eyes are open to God's beauty in the midst of it our ears are paying attention to the the beautiful things that he's sharing with us whether it's through the voice of one of our children or them sharing a picture that one day just seemed like a burden and annoying and yet the day that we stay locked hand in hand with Christ, we see like we're just overwhelmed by the beauty of this scribbly mess picture that this little soul in our home drew. And it's just so ironic that it can be so simple of how our hearts can experience the world solely by remembering and being with God who is always with us, right? And Daniel Borgo has this great quote where he's saying, um, The vine never says to the branches, be in me, because they already are from the word go. Jesus has never said to the disciples, be in me, because they already are. By the Father's grace, he simply tells them, and for him it is enough that he says it, abide in me, remain in me, right? And then he continues to say, to abide is to continue, 
to persevere, never cease to be within this eternal divine energy into which God alone can introduce us and then keep us and cause us to remain. It is only in God that we can begin to experience all that in him is eternal. To help us with this, the Father and the Son send us the Spirit who comes within us preparing a place for the Father and the Son. It's just so true. It's just this is like um, unearthly experience when you really allow yourself to remain with Christ who is already there waiting for you. And you guys, like we can't take this for granted. How incredibly awesome is it that the king of the universe wants to be with us at all times we don't get boring we don't get annoying we don't get um too clingy or graspy he fully wants us at all times the king of the world now if you have that heart of having felt or still feeling that experience of being an orphan child just remember the gift of the king of the world desiring and asking you to remain with him. And I want to close this up with prayer today, but I actually want to read a quote um, from um, uh, St. Catherine of Siena, who has this great um, quote referring to just this idea of abiding with Christ. She says, O most high and eternal Trinity, deity, love, we are trees of death. And you are the tree of life, O infinite God. How beautiful was your creature when a pure tree in your light. O supreme purity, you endowed it with branches, that is, with the faculties of the soul, memory, intellect, and will. The memory to recall you, the intellect to know you, the will to love you. But this tree fell because by disobeying it lost its innocence. Instead of a tree of life, it became a tree of death and brought forth only fruits of death. This is why, O eternal most high trinity, in a sublime transport of love for your creature, seeing that this tree could produce only fruits of death because it was separated from you, who are life, you gave it a remedy with that very same love by which you had created it, grafting your deity into the dead tree of our humanity, O oh, sweet, gentle grafting, who constrained you to do this, to give back life to it, you who have been offended so many times by your creature, love alone, whence by this grafting death is dissolved. Was your charity content, having made this union? No eternal word. You water this tree with your blood. This blood, by, with, by its warmth, makes it grow. If man with his free will grafts himself, on, grafts himself onto you, and unites and binds his heart and affections to you, tying and binding this graft with the bond of charity and following your doctrine. Since it is through you, O life, that we bring forth fruits of life, we wish to be grafted onto you. When we are grafted onto you, then the branches, branches which you have given to our tree bear fruit. Oh, you guys. <laughs> Sorry. St. Catherine of Siena. Mic drop. That was so beautiful and I just think it's so tender and I would replay that and just pray through that quote of just gosh we who turn our hearts away have been grafted on to the king of the world Christ who shed his blood for us continues to call us to be united in communion with him in every moment of our day so my friends before you can allow yourself to be pruned and trimmed and 
um, cut away so that you may bear the most beautiful fruit in your life. Remember to remain, abide in, stay steadfast in communion with the most pure and true vine. God himself. Okay, friends, um, this was a sweet little two-part series for my heart as I just continue to pray through and work through a lot of stuff in prayer and um, in my, my journey with Christ. And I hope it blessed you. And I hope you all have a blessed, blessed week. I'll catch up with you guys next week. <laughs>